Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So since it's Christmas, we will go straight to a Christmas um, scripture, right? That, that's, that makes sense. So let's go to Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse 18 to 23. Since now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, let's read together, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, God is with us. That is the whole story about Christmas. God is with us. Amen. So it doesn't matter. Don't say, I'm celebrating this Christmas all alone. No. God is with us. That's the message of Christmas. God is with us. And you imagine God came, if you like, all the way from heaven just to be with his people. It's precious. It's powerful. It was fulfillment of prophecy. Praise the Lord. And I want to cover a number of things here, but two primary things I want to bring us today to our attention today. Number one is that Christmas, we are celebrating Christ. And why are we celebrating him? The first thing we remember is that Christmas is the fulfillment of the word of God. Christmas should give us hope. Christmas should feed to our faith that God's word is true. What the prophet said happened. Praise the Lord. What the prophet said happened. And so whatever you find in the word of God, whatever has been prophesied about 2024, you can start believing God that it will happen. That's Christmas. Amen. And the next thing we'll talk about is the anointing of Christ that is with us. And so let's look at, uh, if you look at that scripture, we find there was an issue. Despite the word being spoken by a prophet and Mary getting pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit, Satan was causing some trouble because Joseph was beginning to think things are not working the way he had planned all along. So it should not come as a surprise to us when we start believing the word of God or the prophetic word concerning 2024 that the Satan will start things up. Amen. Jesus being born and here is the devil working in the mind of Joseph saying, hey, 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 haven't you noticed people are talking about you? What are you going to do about this deal here now? And he's beginning to come up with secret plans to get out of what to him looked like a problem. 
Listen, Satan will not just sit idly and let us walk into the promises of God. Tell your neighbor, it will take a fight. It takes standing on the word of God. Amen. Because the birth of Jesus itself was being contested. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 22. Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 22 says, Son of man, what is that proverb they quote in Israel? Time passes, making a liar of every prophet. Give the people this message from the sovereign Lord. Which version is that? Oh, I'm not sure that's the version I wanted. Are you using the NLT version there? Let's go back to verse 22. Son of man, what is that proverb they quote in Israel? Time passes, making a liar of every proverb. That's not the version I'm looking for. The version I have says, uh, just a moment. Let me check it here. It says, you've heard that proverb they quote in Israel. Time passes and prophecies come to nothing. That's what they were saying. Time passes and prophecies come to nothing. Has that ever happened? I can assure you it wasn't just in time of Ezekiel that this kind of thing would happen. Then let's go to verse 23. Tell the people, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I will put an end to this proverb and you will soon stop quoting it. Now give them this new proverb to replace the old one the time has come for every prophecy to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor that. Tell them, time has come for every prophecy to be fulfilled in my life. Hallelujah. Yeah, that time has come. So people were having issues like we always have you know you've been believing for healing and it is doesn't seem to be manifesting time is passing on you believe you sow seed you receive a harvest time passes and you're thinking what happened you know you believe for peace and reconciliation in your family and you are pressing in time passes and people tend to say time passes and what Nothing is happening. But God is saying, we are changing that. Praise the Lord. We are changing that. We are saying, this is the new one. The time has come for every prophecy to be fulfilled. Time has come for me and for you to start seeing the manifestation of the healing you've been believing for. Praise the Lord. Time has come for you to see the promotion you've been believing for. Time has come for you to see relationships healed that you've been believing for. Time has come. Amen. Let's go to verse 24 now. I think 24 in the, uh, in the King James Version, New King James Version. Go to verse, this is, yeah, this is uh, 24. All right, yeah, good. For no more shall there be any false vision of fraternal divination within the house of, that's talking about false prophecies. Let's go to verse 25. For I am the Lord. Do you see that? I speak and the word which I speak will come to pass. It will no more be postponed for in your days, or the, the, he's talking about rebellious house of Israel, I say the word and... Can you imagine? He's telling this to Israel and they were rebellious. He's saying, although you are rebellious, I will say the word and perform it. 
says the Lord. Now, you, you are not rebellious. So it will be easier for you, ain't it? Isn't it? Or you are rebellious. If you are rebellious, you repent, isn't it? From your rebellion. But it was happening for a people who are beginning to doubt. You know, I asked Pastor Davis, how is the countryside? He said, oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's green. It's wonderful. And uh, I told him, I remember sometime last year, I drove to Taita Taveta, uh, the town, to a place called Kimirigo. Now, in Kimirigo, they, they, had, uh, uh, they were harvesting rice. This was way, sometime in August last year. They were harvesting rice, and it's amazing how this nation operates. Here is a lot of farmers with a lot of rice, but they are selling it to Tanzania. You know? And, and uh, we are going there to ship that whole in Irorifuls. In, in you know, there were many people. I was with someone from Moya, and we were actually taking it to Moya, which is known for growing rice. But there was a scarcity of rice in the market, but people in Kimirigo had a lot. <laughs> I mean, it was really amazing. But they, they really would, uh, I was told, they, re they would sell a lot to people in Tanzania. Now is the time they were realizing the other Kenyans who really want this stuff. And of course, the prices started going up, which was good for the farmers, but bad for the traders like me who had gone there. So <laughs> the point is, when I was driving on that road, it was dry. It was so, so dry. It was shocking. So he told me, right now on that road, it's so green. It's beautiful. Do you know what God says in Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11? This is what God says. Just as the rain comes down and the snow comes down and waters the earth, verse 11 says, so shall my word be. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Amen. The word of God is like the rain that has rained all over the country. So that if you drive now, what do you do? You, what do you find? You find what? The, the word of God changes circumstances. It changes circumstances. You had uh, Pastor David share the testimony about even Malsabit, which is some semi-arid kind of desert climate. But what happened? Once it rains, what happens? The, the, it changes. The, the Bible says, it gives what? Seed to the sower and bread for the eater. And you are the eater. You've been being rained on by the word of God. So you better start eating from it now. Amen. God is saying it's not okay for it to have been raining the whole year. The word of God. And you're still hungry. If you're a sower, you ought to be what? Receiving harvest. If you're an eater, oh, you should be a sower first before you become an eater, I think. You should be what? Receiving. You be, that is what God is saying. My word shall not return to me empty-hearted. That's what that word void is talking about. It shall bear fruit just like it has rained. And the earth is producing. So shall God's word be in our lives. 
Say, it's going to happen to me now. Say, I believe it. See, you, we can't be having Sunday after Sunday. You come for Sunday meetings. You come for Wednesday meetings. You come for, uh, for care fellowship on, on, uh, on Friday. You attend care on, on Saturday. You, not, not Saturday. Uh, you attend choir on Saturday. You, you, you serve on, on, on Sunday. And on and on and on and on and on. Hey, 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 hey. That word should not be coming back empty-handed. It, it's the word of God. And he says, it shall not come to me void. It shall. It shall. I'm telling you, if you see it starting to rain, I have done some farming. You tell those guys, how is it? It's very dry. But if it rains for two, three days, what do you expect? At least the grass will come up. At least something should be showing up in your life and my life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you follow what I'm talking about? About how important the word of God is. It brought Christ to us. And if it did that in confirmation of God's word, it will change your circumstances. Praise the Lord. Actually, if you go to chapter 2 of, of Matthew, which I will not do, you'll find that this is where the, 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 the wise men came. When the wise men came, Herod asked the priest, where is this king supposed to be born? What did they tell him? In Bethlehem. Why? Because that is what it's written. That's what it's written. It's in Bethlehem. And then when they were living in a dream, God visited Joseph and told Joseph, take this child to Egypt. Why? Because the scripture said, you, you'll find it quoted there, because the prophet said, I will call my son out of Egypt. And when they went to Egypt, when they went to Egypt, they were there, and Herod started killing the children in Bethlehem. Why? To fulfill scripture. According to what was said by what? The prophet. If you go again when they came back to Nazareth, it talks about the same thing, verse 23. It says they came back and went to Nazareth because he'll be called what? A Nazarene. Why? Because that is what was written. Praise the Lord. It's amazing. Uh, Matthew dwells a lot on Joseph. You know, Joseph is the one who is, we started with reading about him. You go to verse 2, it's all about Joseph got this dream. They went to Egypt. Joseph so got another dream and an angel spoke to him and they went back. It's Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. You, went, you go to Luke, it's who? Mary, Mary, Mary. You go to John, none of those. It says it's about Jesus. It's the word came and became what? Fresh. So, whichever way. I, I like the Bible. Do you like that? I mean, the Bible is inclusive. <laughs> Let me put it that way. It covers everyone. doesn't leave everyone. Anyone out of it. You can find yourself in the book. So, let's go to, now that I've talked about Luke, let's go to Luke. And pick it up from, uh, we read Luke chapter 1, verse 30 and 31, and then 34 and 38. And this is what it says. Then the angel said to her, now he's talking to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know 
a man. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of Man. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Let's read together. For with God nothing will be impossible. Verse 38. Then Mary said, let's read it together. Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And can I add something there? I can say, and she got pregnant. That what? Said, let it be to me according to your word. That word there is in Greek is rema. Greek has two words for the word. Word. The word is logos and rema. This is rema. Rema is the living word. Is the personal word. The prophet spoke and said, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. That was a word that was spoken. But this is particular to Mary. The word became fresh in her. It were, there were very many virgins, but this was the virgin who was going to conceive. So the word of God has to move from this general proclamations you hear and we shout and jump to a point where I see it's mine. It has to have that effect in our life. It is mine. I possess it as an individual. Not just now any virgin out there. Now the world has become very, very specific. That's how the word of God works. If I say, by stripes you're healed. But what, it's my particular disease <laughs> that needs this healing, isn't it? So anyone can appropriate it to their particular situation. And at that point, it's no longer logos. It is rema. It's revelation. It's mine now. And that is what happened to Mary. And she became pregnant. Praise the Lord. And as I said, the devil will try to contest the word. He will try to fight it. He will try to show us that it's not going to happen. But I'm telling you, if we stand our ground, it's the living word. Praise the Lord. There's no such a thing as something that is word resistant. You know, diseases can be resistant to antibiotics. They can be resistant to all kinds of things. But there's no situation that can be called word resistant. Everything is open before the word of the living God. So God is moving to this angel, uh, to this uh, lady now. We are focusing on, uh, on Mary here. And Mary is very receptive to this word, this rhema word, the specific word of God. It was going to happen. It didn't matter whether she had a husband or no husband. It didn't matter what people might think about her. It didn't matter what was her background. The moment she received that word, 
it changes the circumstances around us. Now, you've heard about the Word of God. And I'm sure, I mean, it's not like a totally new message to you. I have heard it also. And the Lord has helped me, especially towards the later end of this year, to start seeing where does some of this resistance come from. And I'll give you an example. Uh, I've used this example before and said, uh, you know, uh, if, uh, if, if uh, Mama Kevin is here and Kevin was there, and you, probably Kevin grew up getting some of these statements like, Kevin, I'm leaving the house. I've left some rice there and some uh, potatoes and whatever. When I come back, let me find that you have not cooked it. Now, I, I pray that was... Now, when I hear that, I say, Mama, just tell the boy what you really want to happen. But that, that is the way of communication. That, that is quite common. And Kevin understood what that means. Really, it did, if you, you require an explanation for that, then you haven't been brought up properly. You, you, you somehow, you understood that kind of language. So here are words, but you know they mean the complete opposite of what is being said. How does that happen? One of the problems we have faced in our modern culture is the issue of communication. You know, communication is very important. But communication, like that illustration shows you, it is really not words. Let me put it that way. Words only constitute at most 25% of all communication. The rest of it, you understand it. No matter how the words are twisted, you'll get it. Have you seen lions hunting? You can see one lion there, another one lion there, and another, and they are trying to trap these gazelles. They are not talking, they are not whispering, but I'm telling you, when they start, they communicate. And they'll get what they wanted. Why? Because there's more to communication than what? Than words. And what has happened to us is that we think our words are everything about communication. Listen to what in Matthew chapter 6 verse 7, Jesus said, he was talking, telling them about prayer. He says, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. Do you see that following phrase? For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And I was getting frustrated. Because you go into a meeting and you tell people and you tell people and it's like they are not listening to you. Uh, am I the only one who has ever experienced that kind of a thing? Have you ever met with people, parents say, I tell these children, I tell them, I tell them, they are not doing what I'm telling them. I tell them, meetings in companies, meetings in offices, people are always saying, I tell them, I tell them, yeah, I told them, I told them. They are not doing it. Hey, 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 my friend, let me tell you, you are not going to be hard because you are much speaking. Turn to your neighbor, advise them that. Tell them, here's a piece of advice. You are not hard because of your much speaking. That should, that should set you free. Of all the frustrations you've suffered all these years. Thinking, I keep telling him. I keep telling my husband. I keep telling him. He is not hearing. I keep telling my wife. I keep telling my wife. Okay, now today you are free. Stop that. They are not hearing you. And they are not going to hear you. Because God himself said what? You are not hard because of your much speaking. What do you need to do? 
you need to do what you need to do is start using faith in your speaking you are hard because you prayed in faith is the prayer of faith that is answered is the words of it why because the sower sows the word the sower is not communicating the sower is sowing the word you are not you and me are not informing god of anything in prayer god knows everything god knows everything what we are bringing with our words is our faith praise the lord it's our faith words which have no faith are frustrating and we suffer that because to us words let me say this the angel did not come to inform uh, mary about how she is going to have a child it was not a piece of information the angel spoke and the moment she said let it be to me according to your word that was it the angel did not have to speak and speak and speak and speak and speak and mary did not have to sit there and say i believe it 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 i believe, it, I believe. no the angel spoke once mary spoke once and everything started happening their words were not for communication words the primary purpose of words you can use them for communication but the primary purpose of words there's nothing wrong with using words for communication but the primary purpose of words is creation we create the environment the future the 2024 we desire by our words praise the lord and so what we find here is that uh, actually let's read uh, uh, Luke 1:37 in the amplified classic it says for with god nothing is ever impossible and no word from god shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment what do we need to do agree with it when mary said let it be to me according to your word that seed started working so there's an agreement part of it god is not a dictator it's not going to happen just because god said it there is your part which is to agree with the word of god and use your faith in your speaking i use my faith in my speaking and expect that word to come to pass somebody say amen and so uh, uh um if you look at that let me let me say this life on earth proceeded from the spoken word of god the whole system of the universe if you read genesis 1:3 it says god said over and over but if uh, genesis 1:3 in particular says then god said let there be light what happened there was light john 6:63 jesus said the words that i speak to you they are what they are spirit and they are life they are not a piece of communication it's not a piece of information it's life 
it is what changed. So we need to change our mentality going into 2024 to where our words, well, you know, we, 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 we limit our much speaking and start speaking by faith. Praise the Lord. That is so important. That is so important. And when we agree with this word, that is the situation we enter in in, in, um, in um, Luke 137, when nothing then is impossible. Praise the Lord. When God spoke, there's no account of him talking to people. The, 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 the Bible says it was void. The universe was void. God was not informing anyone of anything. But he stood there, I trying to picture it, and he said, let there be light. That's how we speak. He wasn't addressing a public baraza. God is not a politician. He had not called all the people from Sugoi to come celebrate Christmas. No. He, forgive me for using that, but I'm just trying to say he is not a politician. He's, he's not looking for a crowd to impress with words. When he speaks, it's true. It's going to happen. What we need to do is line up with his word. And it doesn't matter what kind of resistance we face. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Romans 4.17 talks about God as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and cause those things which be not as though they were. Say this with me. 2024, I'm changing the way I speak. I'll start speaking by faith and expecting my circumstances to change in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That, that's wonderful. I mean, it's really helped me. And I pray that you are receiving it. And you start using words. Very, very purposefully. By faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you talk to your son, when you talk to your daughter, when you talk to anyone, just, just purpose to use faith words. And you say, as I have spoken, that's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. I'm talking like God. I speak and I expect it to happen. Not repeating yourself, repeating yourself. Have you ever heard of people say, I don't repeat myself? <laughs> That's a threat. God is not threatening us. <laughs> people say, I don't repeat myself. You're in trouble. Did you hear what I said? I don't repeat myself. No, it's not, a, it's not to be like a threat. It's the living one. It's the release of faith in what we are saying. Hallelujah. Now, so I, I said I, we talk about the fulfillment of the word of God, celebration of Christmas, the celebrating life of God, celebrating the truth that God speaks and it happens. It happened, Jesus was born, it will happen in my life. I'll get what I'm believing God for because I'm using my faith. Amen? And the second thing I wanted to look at is the anointing. Say the anointing. Now, we read Matthew chapter 1 and, and verse 20, 20 what? 22, 23 there. But that refers to actually, yeah, it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with the child and be a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, 
which is translated God with us, Emmanuel. That, if you go to 20, 22, it talks about this is according to what the prophet had said. All right? This prophet was Isaiah. Where did he say this? He said this in Isaiah chapter 7. If you can go to Isaiah chapter 7, and we start from verse 11. This is in the, in the, in the amplified version. It says, ask yourself a sign, a token or proof of the Lord your God, one that will convince you that God has spoken and will keep his word. Ask it either in the depth below or in the height above. Let it be as deep as shoal or as high as heaven. What's this talking about? If you go to the previous verses, which we shall not do, this is King Ahaz. And Ahaz was king of Judah. And he had come under attack from the king of Israel in collaboration, in alliance with king of Assyria. And the prophet was coming to encourage him. So he told him, don't worry about these guys. God will take care of them. And then verse 11, here he challenges him. He says, if you don't believe me, ask. Ask for, for, for a sign, one that will convince you that God has spoken and will keep his word. That's what the man was asking about. He said, ask now. Since you, you are wavering in your, you look shaky. Can you ask God? God is willing to confirm to you that what he has told you, he's going to do it. All right? And, and let's pick it up in uh, an L NLT version now. Let's go back to verse 11. NLT version says, ask, ask, ask me for a sign, Ahaz, and prove that I will crush your enemies as I have promised. Ask for anything you like and make it, listen to that, make it what? As difficult as you want. Let's go on. But the king refused. Smart fellow. He said, no, he said, I wouldn't test the Lord like that. Uh -huh. Let's go on. Then Isaiah said, listen well, you royal family of David. You aren't satisfied to exhaust my patience. You exhaust the patience of God as well. Here's the thing. They were not behaving properly. That is why part of the reason they were in trouble. Let's go to verse 14. <clears throat> All right then. The Lord himself, let's read, it to, let's read it together. The Lord himself will choose the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God is with us. That is what Matthew is quoting. Do you now see the background of all this? What was it? It was a convincing sign to the king. And it should be a convincing sign to you and to me that this virgin birth, can I tell you this? Have you ever heard of fake virgin birth? I mean, we have a lot of fake raising from the dead, fake miracles, fake. I don't remember ever having a fake, you know. It, it's, it's the sign that stands out. I think we have had it so much we take it for granted. God says this is the sign. The sign of all signs is the virgin birth. Praise the Lord. So it's not as easy as we take it. And, 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 uh, and so the king in this case was, was uh, I want to dwell on that word, ask for something difficult. Ask for something difficult. Let me show you something difficult. In, a, 
in uh, the account of Elijah and Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 2. If we go to verse 9, when Elijah was about to leave, he says, ask what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you. Elisha, say, Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And verse 10, so he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be for you. But if not, it shall not be. So, so, so the point I'm trying to bring up here is hard things. You know, so this, this, this king, the, the prophet said, ask for a hard thing. And said, okay, I won't ask. And this is what the prophet said. The hardest thing you can ever ask for is this virgin birth. This is the true sign of hard things can be done by God. But we find in this second Kings, the double anointing, say double. The double anointing was a hard thing for Elijah. Elijah, can I give you some background here? Elijah, <laughs> Elijah called fire from heaven on a burnt offering. And when he was challenging these uh, prophets of Baal, what he did with that burnt offering was pour water, pour water, pour water. He was not making it easy for God. He poured so much water, and then when he prayed, fire came down, leaked all the water and the burnt offering. So he was talking about hard things. That man prayed for a train, and then he took off. And the Bible says he ran faster than the horses of what? Ahab. So, Elijah knew about difficult stuff. He prayed once, and there was a drought for three years in, in Israel. So, here comes a request, and he says, wow, this is a hard thing. This is a hard thing. Tell your neighbor, the anointing is a hard thing. Because, remember this, Jesus is the Christ. He is the anointed one. Let's look at Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Luke chapter 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Who is speaking? Jesus. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So when we say Jesus Christ. He is the anointed one. That's the word anointed is the same as Messiah. All right? So the coming of the Messiah, I'm trying to say this, was the hardest thing that the king could ask for. The anointing was a hard thing as far as the writer was concerned. The double anointing. The double anointing. I don't know if uh, Pastor Davis was to say, charge I am quitting ministering. I'm going on to something else. He's not saying that. Um, ask anything you want me, anything you want from me, ask. Ask. Some of us would say, that car, is it part of the deal? <laughs> can, I, can I have your shoes, Pastor Davis? I, I've always admired your shoes. You know? Can I have those suits you wear? I, I mean, we could come up with all kinds of things to ask. But listen, what did Elisha ask for? The anointing, the spirit that was on Elijah. When you come to church, what are you really looking for? What are you really desiring? 
Do you come to church with a desire to connect to the anointing? What is the anointing? The anointing is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. Isaiah 10, 27, you'd find that. It's, it's the thing that elevates you and me from the ordinary. That's the anointing. The anointing is what elevates us beyond our gifts and our talents. The anointing. He's called Jesus Christ. The anointed one. If I said uh, Dwiga, the doctor. Well, you say, oh yeah, I know him. Dwiga, the doctor. He's the father of Lily and the husband to Mary and all that. If I say, and then I say, Dr. Dwiga. Is there a difference? Well, not really, but I, I'm emphasizing. It's the same person. But I'm now, I'm emphasizing his, uh, what, is what he does. He's a doctor. If you, if you, I'm emphasizing his, 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 his um, medical background. I say, Dr. Dwiga. Dwiga, the doctor. All right? It's the same thing we can, uh, is, is, we, he, Dwiga is a doctor. Well, Dwiga is the father of Lily. He could be a father of Lily without being a doctor, isn't he? <laughs> and he can be a doctor without being the father of Lily. So when I say, when, I, when it says, it starts with Jesus, he is emphasizing his humanity, his connection with us. And when it's Christ, it's the anointing. But this anointing is what elevates a man or a woman to supernatural. The world is obsessed with talent and gifts, and they are wonderful. They are wonderful. We want that. We want, we want to see gifts. We want to see talents. We want these things manifest because they are in you. God gave them to you. But the anointing is what elevates you and me to a divine level. Praise the Lord. Look at uh, Mark chapter 10 and verse 24. And the disciples were astonished at his words. This is talking about Jesus. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. How hard? It's so hard. There's government, there's NHIF, there's, you know, hard. Why is it so hard? Because we are depending on what? Riches. We are depending on our gifts. We are depending on our talents instead of the anointing. Anointing. This man was talking before Jesus. Jesus is the anointed one. A man with whom nothing. It's impossible. And he gives him instructions, and the man says, no, I can't do this. It's hard for him. It's hard. It's very, very hard without the anointing. It's very hard. But with the anointing, if you are to read verse 27 of this, it says, but with God, all things are possible. With who? God. With Emmanuel. God with us. But we have to walk in the reality of that. That is not our power. It's his power. 
it's his anointing. So you can walk into any meeting, you can meet anyone, and you're depending on that anointing. Praise the Lord. You can have any kind of bad news pass on to you, and you cannot be moved because you know you are being anointed by God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor the anointing is the answer. Tell them 2024, you'll walk in the anointing in Jesus' name. Do you believe that? Yeah, Jesus was anointed. Amen. There is no way of getting, Jesus said, it's so hard to enter into the kingdom of God. It's so hard to enter into anything of God. It's so hard. Actually, it's impossible to enter into anything of God trusting in ourselves. There is a side of faith that we don't normally hear about, and it's called surrender. It's called yielding. It's called, people, religious people say, nimeachia kira mutu, kira gitu kwa mungu, but that is really not what that means. It means you can turn things to God by what you're saying is, I've come to the end of myself. I am believing God. It doesn't mean no responsibility, no commitment, no, no. It means I am ceasing from my own personal efforts. I'm turning to God. That is what turns from it's so hard to all things are possible. Hallelujah. We're sharing my brother John here about, he has so many testimonies, he amazes me. I, and I said him, John, when I listen to you, dear Lord, you, you, leave, you walk the scriptures. I mean, because you read the Bible and you are wondering, why do we read the Bible and doesn't look real to us? A lot of it is because we depend so much, so much on our ability. We are like, God, I have understood it. There, that's okay. From here, let me take it over. That's how we live our Christian life. And we come up with all kinds of answers. And we struggle so hard. Every time you and me find ourselves struggling, like the word is not working, we need to stop and say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. God is with us. There's an anointing. There's something above these normal circumstances that I can depend on. I can go into a meeting and I can start speaking and I start believing God for the anointing to come upon me and start changing the way I am speaking and impacting lives. And decisions are going to be made in my favor because I carry the anointing. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to remove all the hard work from you going to 2024. That you labor to enter into the rest of God and depend on the anointing. How does this anointing come? John 3, 34. For he is sent by God, he speaks God's words. For, let's read it together. For God's spirit is upon him. Woo! How does that sound to you? The anointing will come upon you without measure as you speak God's words. 
That's a big part of releasing that anointing. It can't be me and you speaking what we figure. But as we speak the word of God, it's part of the process that releases God's spirit without measure. This is talking about Christ. It's talking about Christ. But it applies to us as well. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. Isaiah 45, 1 to 2. Boy, if you've been listening to me, you should get excited with this one. That says who? To who? He's anointed. Who is his anointed? Yeah, you. You and me. You and me are the anointed. To Cyrus, whose right hand I have held. What does God say? To subdue nations before him and lose the armor of kings. To open before him the double doors. Let's read it together. So that the gates will not be shut. Can I hear your shout about that? That anointing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you've been having issues, for a long time you have suffered. This is where you start waking up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That the gate shall not be shut. Hallelujah. What is the year 2024 about? Open doors. The anointing opens doors. Let's go on to verse 2. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. Praise God. Something Pastor Davis shared with us. I don't know whether he brought it up in, uh, in church, but I remember in a roundtable planning meeting, he said, we are going to break barriers. We are going to break barriers in 2024. What does that mean? The anointing. The anointing. Now, you think this Cyrus guy was born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking? What do you think? No, he was not. He was a heathen king. Tell your neighbor he was a heathen king. <laughs> he was. When you hear the word anointed, don't just think, I think Francis is anointed, I think Elder Ruth is anointed, and you exclude yourself. This is why I brought this. This fellow was a heathen. Heathen. He did not know God. If you continue reading there, God says, although you don't know me, I'm going to do these things. Although you don't know me, I'm going to do it. Why? You are my anointed. God is free to anoint anyone. And I'm telling you, if he can anoint a heathen like that, he can anoint, he can anoint you. Tell your neighbor there is hope for you. You are anointed. God is with us. Going to 2024. Amen. You are anointed. Praise the Lord. I speak that over you. You are anointed in Jesus' name. You are anointed to overcome barriers. You are anointed to overcome. You are anointed to see the victory in the name of Jesus. This is the anointing. Do you see why this anointing was so precious to, to Elisha? Do you now see it? 
how, 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 how important this anointing is. Uh, really, I'm saying it's better than a pastor's car, you know. Now you might be saying, I'm believing God for a car. I'm believing God for But I'm telling you, the anointing, the thing you should be looking for when you encounter Pastor Davis, he's going to be here next week, make sure you show up. It's the anointing. Say, I want that anointing. I want the anointing. That's your inheritance. That is what is most precious going into 2024. And you can receive it and expect to see burdens lifted off. All yokes destroyed. No gates shall be shut for you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Put that word in your mouth. Don't worry about the kind of opposition you feel, you, 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 you are meeting. That, that has got nothing to do with it. That has got nothing to do with it. It has to do with the what? The anointing. And the word of God in my mouth, in your mouth, and it will break barriers. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. Let me say this. The things of God are not that complicated. What has happened is that the world has so much influenced us. We have lost the priorities. You see that? It's not that the word of God is not true. We know that. But the problem is we've been using our words more for information than creation. That's what we've been doing. We've been trying to convince people instead of speaking by faith. It's not that it's so complicated. It's that we've, we, we've been told, do this, do this, do this. But what about the anointing? Faith in the anointing. Faith in the anointed word. Remember what pastor taught us? He said, Jesus knew what he will do in John chapter 6, but we know what he already did. He already overcame on our behalf. So that is the anointing in his life. We tap into that anointing and cease from our own works and start trusting that the world is going to work for us exactly the way God has said. Hallelujah. My last scripture is in Psalms 62, verse 11. God has spoken once. Twice I have heard this. What have you heard? That's all I've been telling you. What have you heard? That power belongs to God. Hallelujah. Power belongs to God. Power does not belong to your adversary. Power does not belong to some disease. Power does not belong to Kenya Kwanzaa government. Power belongs to God. Power does not belong to your boss or your juniors. Power does not belong to your uncle or whoever it is. Power. Woo! 
power belongs to God. Hallelujah. That is how we are ending this year and getting into 2024. Please rise up on your feet. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' conception, birth, and ministry were a fulfillment of the word of God. And with that, he has imparted upon us the anointing. And that anointing is the word, is the power that is available for you and me going into 2024. Choir, you can come back up. Father, thank you for this word, for this ministry this morning. And Father, we gather here and release these words of faith and anointing over this congregation, over everyone watching online, that in the name of Jesus, the gates shall not be shut anymore in Jesus' name. We are stepping into new levels in the anointing. Our words are changing circumstances. In the name of Jesus, we declare over long-held promises manifest now in the name of Jesus. Promises of financial liberty, promises of supernatural healing, promises of healing of our households and families, long-held promises of promotions. Today, we take it by faith in the name of Jesus. We declare the shackles are gone. The bondages are gone. The struggle is gone. The pressure is over. In the name of Jesus, we line our hearts, our minds, and our words with the prophetic. Father, Jesus was the sign. His birth was the sign. We believe it. We believe it this morning. That he was the sign. And because he was the sign, we are convinced that everything else in the word of God is true and will come true and manifest in our lives. For this we pray in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, Amen and Amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Go ahead and get seated briefly. Really, Merry Christmas. Remind your neighbor, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Tell them this Christmas is going to be different. Sing the anointing is a coming upon you. Afresh. Like never before. Amen. Hallelujah. You, you 
you need to get excited. I'm looking at you, I'm thinking, Christmas! An anointed Christmas. Hallelujah. An anointed Christmas. An easy Christmas for you and your families. Father, I thank you for these families. Everyone here and everyone represented here. Again, we agree with the words that were prayed over us by Pastor Davis. That this Christmas is going to be different. Every struggle ceases in Jesus' name. This is not going to be a Christmas of struggle. This week will not be a week of struggle. It will be a week of easiness. Thank you again, Lord, for a fresh anointing upon these your loved ones. In Jesus' name.